welcome to Crudely Drawn Swords. A little change from our traditional game, today we are playing Follow by Ben Robbins. And to introduce the game to you, Follow is Ben Robbins. Did we get a surprise guest none of us know about? <laughs> <laughs> Look, I put the effort in for you. Here's Ben. Are you going to pretend to be Ben Robbins now? Well, I first invented this game about 20 years ago. <laughs> I don't sound anything like that. I'm 30 years old. I didn't write this game when I was 10. This is Follow by me, Ben Robbins. <laughs> Follow is a game about working together to achieve a common goal. Slay the dragon, cure a disease, overthrow a tyrant. We'll pick a quest together to decide what kind of game we want to play. Can we stay united and succeed, or will our differences tear us apart? Follow isn't about coming up with the best plan or a clever solution. It's about seeing what these characters do for better or worse. We may even intentionally make bad choices because they seem like the decisions our characters would make. But even if we do everything perfectly, our quest may fail. As players, we can push for the outcome we want to see, but we cannot guarantee it. Our story may surprise us, and that's part of the fun. I've been Ben Robbins. Welcome to Crudely Drawn Shorts. <laughs> <laughs> if it does actually sound a bit like him, we've got a problem. thing is, this game's all about making interesting choices. Ben just made a very interesting choice there, which, <laughs> fair play to him, he was very brave and he stuck with it. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to slag off the guy that created this game. That's a bold move. I was honouring him with my best possible accent. I've evaluated all the accents and that's the best one. The almost David Attenborough. Yes, David Attenborough crossed with Nixon. It's a brave choice. <laughs> So Follow is a game in which we play out a series of challenges to discover whether our quest succeeds or fails. And we've built our own quest, which is called the North Coast. In this quest, the Hawks have a ship, a captain and a crew. Now they must make the perilous journey to the east along little travelled sea lanes towards a mysterious destination. We have two things that we've decided make our quest difficult. One is an uncharted and seldom-travelled sea, and the other is that someone or something dangerous is on the ship with us. Our goal is to sail along the north coast of Magnophilus, drop the hawks as close as possible to Malahir. So if the quest fails, that is what will fail to have happened. In Follow, everybody plays a major character and has a minor character that we can also bring in for certain scenes. You've had 50-something episodes of the Hawks, so today we're going to play some different characters. The Hawks will be on the boat, but this quest is really the people who are sailing them, the people who have to get this precious cargo all along this dangerous journey. And so let's just go around and see who our major characters are. I'll start with Magnus. Who are you playing? I will be playing the shipmaster Seamus. Crabclaw Huss. He's worked on the ghost for as long as anyone can remember. His body might be old, but it's hard-worn. His skin is tough and tanned through work and wind and salt. His head's balding and he's got big, beefy mutton chops. The most notable thing about old Crabclaw is he's lost his left hand at some stage and he has scrimshawed out of a large sea creature's bone a Crabclaw, basically, hook. So it's slightly yellowed. On the outside of it, it's smooth. On the inside, it's ridged like a crab claw. And it's his pride and joy. Stu, who are you playing? 
I shall be playing Jonathan Lockhart, second mate, new to the ship. Sailed with a few of these men and women before. It sounds like it's a, a perilous journey, and I'm determined to get the crew there and back safely. I've had a few captaincies in my time, but currently shipless, so taken aboard with my good friend, insert captain's name. <laughs> Iana Tor. Iana Tor. I've... Uh, Toured with her a few times. Oh yeah, yeah, I like I'm it. I'm a I'm a no nonsense kind of guy, but and I sound nothing like this. I don't know why I'm sounding a bit street now. Uh, <laughs> and uh, what does uh, Chief Lockhart look like? Tall man, broad shouldered, very smartly dressed. Always keeps his suit in good condition. Not like a suit and tie. He's not overdressed, <laughs> but he expects the same of the sailors. Does he wear like a ship coat, uh, like an old navy type coat? Yet when it's cold, other than that, it's a sort of a buttoned up jerkin. Yep. His command stripes on his shoulders so everyone knows who he is. The crew are cautious around him because he always catches you when you're mucking around. Nice. All right, Ali, who are you playing? Weaver Cambrick. She was a sealer and uh, certainly believed herself to be a great sealer. Unfortunately, some events recently have meant she's no longer a goddamn sealer. And what is she supposed to do now? She had some issues with Enigma earlier on. Uh, just a slight, you know, stabbing to the throat. And she's all at sea. <laughs> In every respect. Very good. Okay, Gwyn, who are you playing? I'm playing Blake Grimoire, the surgeon aboard the Ghost. He's a pessimistic character that's somewhat macabre, very morbid in nature. He's quite tall and lanky and pasty looking from all the time serving below decks with lack of vitamins. <laughs> and I guess he probably wears his surgeon's apron a lot of the time because it's kind of inevitable that bad things are going to happen. So he might as well just stay in it. Does he have a black surgeon's apron so it doesn't show the blood? <laughs> Absolutely. Black surgeon's apron and underneath that very tight black clothing. Sexy. Rad. And I'm a player in this too. So I'm playing one of the deckhands on the ship by the name of Torquil McClay. Hey! We've seen him before, and Torquil is a bright-eyed, cheery fellow. He's very keen to place himself centre stage, if he possibly can. Likes to grab camera time from all the other characters. He's fairly good-looking. He has lightweight mutton chops, not nearly to the degree that Crabclaw has them. He's recently had some relationship troubles, which has meant that some of that spark has maybe gone out of his way of going, and he's maybe a little bit more mopey, and it's been a little bit annoying to the rest of the crew. He sounds like he's let himself go a bit. He's more disheveled. He hasn't shaved for a while now. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and he started singing to himself. Yeah. Sad, sad songs. By the dandy. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't you want me? <laughs> Okay, we also have a minor character. My minor character is going to be a gentleman by the name of Martin Karuta. We have seen him before. He's a priest in the Order of Akoni. He tends to do a lot of undercover work, and he has a scar on his face that gives him a slight perpetual sneer. Uh. So he's aboard the ship as well. Mag, who are you playing? I'm playing Uno Rump. She has been on the ship for a long time and she wanted to be the first mate but is sad that someone else has become the first mate. She feels she was born for the role. Okay. And uh, Gwyn, who are you playing? My minor character is Rear Grande. Uh, he's just a standard member of the crew. However, 
he's quite spiritual in nature and fancies himself as a medium. Now, whether he is actually speaking to the spirits of the dead or whether he's just high is as yet undecided. But he certainly tries to do that. And some members of the crew even believe that uh, the information that he's getting might be telling them something. Nice. Ali, who are you playing? I'll be playing it all, Yem. He's a ship's cook and he's going to be cacking up a storm. Where's he from? <laughs> it's hard to say. <laughs> I was going for Australia, but it's, I think I've got... Oh, oh, hang on. He's gone to London now. <laughs> I'm going to catch you and then I'm going to barbecue you. I like his accent. Who are you playing, Stu, as your second character? Um, oh, I'm going to be playing Winkle. Um, <laughs> this is very exciting. This is my first time on a ship. Um, Mama and Papa have said, I've got to learn the trade. So I'm, I'm here. Um, I haven't seen many other children. There's one running around, so I'll try and speak to him later. But yeah, I'm, I'm a young, young boy. <laughs> I'm a young boy. Oh, my. Just, there's a lot to learn. So I'm, that's, that's all I can really say at the moment. Okay, this is good. So these are the characters who are going to be central to our quest. The journey is their story. We begin our tale. After the Hawks have returned from their adventure in the hills, with the cool, bright days of midwinter past, last night the two moons both rose full and bright, their light sparkling across the phosphorescent waters of the ocean to the east of Arushar to mark the new year. Today is an auspicious day to start a journey. The double moon tide will carry ships briskly from harbour. The morning sky is pale blue, threaded with light, and a slight haze lies over the city from the fires of those cooking breakfast or warming baths in water from the restored aqueducts. Above the Tower of Battle, a single thread of dark smoke forms a line into the quiet sky. While the hawks were travelling, the Church of Esterope preempted their success. Priestess Captain Iyana Tor recruited new personnel to fill the gaps in the crew, and together they sailed the ship on the extended circuit around the Bitter Reef, from the great shipping port in Harbour Town to the more humble eastern harbour in the Salts. Now, the last supplies are loading up onto the ship, and a few people are also present to see the expedition off. A few family members for the local crew, and one or two friends from the town waving members of the Hawks off. Princess Saffron is there, and Yanis just saying their goodbyes to the various crew members. I would imagine that Enigma's going to be ignoring Saffron pretty hard. Yep. But Saffron says goodbye to Percy and Banbury and Tristan. As you're getting onto the ship, Cal, who runs Tristan's bar, comes jogging down the road to the harbour. He calls over to Tristan. Sir, sir, something really weird has happened. I know you're going and everything, but I just wanted you to know I've just received delivery of the deeds to Atello de Lutez Tavern. Apparently he's shutting up shop and he wants us to take over. Wow. I know. While you're on your travels, I'll pick it up. And between that and the insurance sorting out, you should be sorted by the time you get back. Yes. Okay. Well, make sure the tinker is paid what he's owed. <laughs> <laughs> he says, already done, sir. I think there'll be a tidy profit from this new venue, sir. Excellent. Wait, wait, wait. The Tinker's bill has been paid and now we've got profit. The Tinker has made all the profit out of you he's going to unless you decide to get one of those other enhancements he offers. Yeah, no, I, for now I... Butt enhancement. I don't need it, yeah. <laughs> My butt cheeks are tight enough for now. Uh, well, this is fantastic news. I'm not going to be able to benefit from it, but, uh, well, you know what to do. Same decor as last time. Keep a few of his paintings up. 
He says, certainly will, sir, certainly will. And uh, have a safe journey. So, our ship sails. Now, to complete the quest, our fellowship will face three challenges. Each challenge is something we need to do to move closer to our goal. If we succeed at a challenge, we are more likely to succeed in the quest. If we fail or ignore or refuse the challenge, it doesn't mean the quest immediately fails, but it makes it harder for us to win in the end. We pick challenges from the quest sheet, but our choices and the order we pick them in define the flavour of the game. Do we spend our scenes scheming and planning or running around guns blazing? We don't know until we play. For each of the three rounds, we follow the same steps. Pick our challenge and describe why it's difficult. Play scenes to explore how our characters deal with the challenge and each other. And then finally draw stones to see if the fellowship succeeds or fails at the challenge and whether any of our characters were lost or betrayed the fellowship. The third challenge is different. Its outcome determines the success or failure of the entire quest, but our wins or losses in the first two challenges will influence our chances of victory. Does anyone especially want to pick the first challenge? You choose. Pick at random. Okay, one. That on my list is Ali. Hello. So, challenges. The challenges we have are keep the crew on side, Repair the ship. Confront the royal. Thread the reefs. Weather the storm. Deal with being becalmed without enough food or water. Put down a mutiny. Choose a captain or re-elect the old one. Survive an attack from the deep. Find a way to get more supplies or a dangerous stowaway. I say we start with combating the royal. (laughs) Halfway through the journey, near the end. Mm, I do like the sound of confronting something from the deep. Okay, survive an attack from the deep. I mean, that's happened pretty quick. (laughs) Yep. It's more from the shallows. It's just a dude on a pedalo. (laughs) It's from the shallows. It's just like a little crab thing. And it's like, hey, that's a hermit crab. (laughs) Yeah, it didn't used to be this glam. It was a drab little crab one. Uh, Actually, most kraken attacks happen in less than three feet of water. (laughs) It's a little known fact. Uh, It's a kraken fact. So tell us what makes this challenge difficult and why we need to do it but do not say anything about how the Fellowship will solve the problem. Okay. There tends to be collateral damage once the Hawks are involved, (laughs) but the type of threat it is might mean that it's not something that's as easily solved as Hawks punching it on the nose. So what makes it difficult, Ali? It's not, in fact, a creature from the deep. It's like that seaweed forest that you get. Oh, like Sargasso. Yeah, and there's always been uh, stories that perhaps this stuff's sentient, because it always seems to kind of knot through things a lot more than would happen if it was just ordinary seaweed. Yeah, okay. And all you can do is get caught there and call for kelp. (laughs) No. (laughs) So consider who'd take the lead for this and they will make the first scene. Okay. And once we've each done a scene, then that's that round of the challenge. So in five scenes, we have to have solved the problem somehow. Crabclaw seems like the man to deal with underwater plant life. And as a group, how long do we think this will take? <laughs> Years. Sorry, Tristan. <laughs> <laughs> uh, probably like overnight tops. Yeah. Because it's going to happen at night, obviously. They're too busy, like, soaking up the light in the daytime. Photosynthesising. Make, play and finish each scene before starting the next. But no matter what happens, we won't know if we succeed or fail at the challenge until after everyone has made a scene. We may think things are going well or poorly, but we won't learn the outcome until we get to the climax. Well. (laughs) So, Crabclaw, you just decide who's in there, what's going on, and where we are. And then those people play out the scene. Okay. 
it's night time, the stars are out and bright. It would be easy to navigate if we were further out at sea and then see that we were used to, but we're the wrong side now of the left ear of the great cat. We're ensuring we're not sailing out too far into the sea. Uh, we've heard lots of bad stories about the things out there, so we're sticking very closely to the coast. The downside to that is we're having to dodge reefs, having to dodge rocks. So at night time, we're keeping a lot of people on watch. Yep. The new people, because they're new to the crew, get the shittiest jobs. So there's a new boy, Winkle. He's out at night, yep. as is some new recruit, some guy called Martin. But most importantly, there's Rare. Rare is Crab Claw's right-hand man for navigating. The one made of bone. <laughs> and uh, he's going to ask him to take these two new recruits out and to figure out what's going on at the bottom of the ship and to cut us free. So it's Martin, we've got Rare, and we've got Winkle, yep. in addition to Crab Claw. So let's begin from there. Seamus walks out onto the deck, realising they're caught up, and yells down to the three people on watch. Boys, when I said I was going to sail us round to this side, this dangerous, dangerous ocean, I knew things would be difficult. What I didn't expect was for us to get caught up in seaweed. Now, you may be on watch. I appreciate you new, but this is not acceptable. Rare, I need you to whip these boys into shape. Little lad, what's your name? Uh, um, wasn't asleep. My name's Winkle, sir. I, I never said you're asleep. I said you weren't doing a good enough job. If you'd seen the seaweed, we wouldn't be in the seaweed. Oh, and you... Sorry... Sorry, sir. With a big old scar. Yes, sir. What's your name? Martin, sir. Right. Now you two are going to help this guy here. And Crabclaw's going to pat Rare on the back. This guy here is going to lower you down one side. And I'm going to lower Winkle down on the other. And you're going to have a look and see whereabouts we're caught. And once you figure that out, you're going to cut us free. Does that make sense? Um, very good, sir. Yes, of course. Right. Winkle's looking pretty wide-eyed about now. Martin just pulls a very sharp knife out of his boot and starts slipping off his, like, overgown thing down to his, like, shirt and trousers. Was Rare going to lower Martin down? You there, boy. Um... You ready to have a little look at this boat? <laughs> I love it. I want him to be a main character. I'll be honest, sir. I'm not sure I'm the best choice for this, but... Wait a minute. What did you say your name was, boy? Uh, Winkle, sir. Winkle, sir. That's a funny name. That's what the other boy... No, no, just Winkle, sir. Come here, Winkle, sir. You're going to get your eyes wet. You ever got your eyes wet before? I don't believe so, sir. Well, it's a little bit salty down there, so... You're just going to have to grit your teeth through it. Do you understand? Okay, sir. I'll do my best. That's all that Seamus asks of you, boy. How is he tied on? Is it like a rope around his ankles and then he goes headfirst into the water? Just like a climber's rope around the waist and then secured. Who's going to belay me down? That's definitely rare. But it's not unusual. Right, now rare, the thing is, I said that you'd take the big lad and I'd do the easy job with the little one. So, I'm quite old. Oh, I, I see so. So, I'm actually going to lower Winkle <laughs> and you can lower the big Scarred man here. Martin, come over here, lad. Oh, right you are, sir. Right you are. <laughs> come on in, Martin. Looks like you're with me. Very good, Master Grand. Rope me up and let's go swimming. Uh, let's grab some rope and 
Yeah, grab some rope and go plunging over the side. Now, if I just lower you down really slowly, what I'll do is just kind of use this rope around a pulley. Right, off you go then. Dive on over. The rope comes up a little short. He slaps into the side and then slowly slips down the last bit. like, oh, oh, I'm in. <laughs> it's very tangly. Yes. How good are you at holding your breath? <laughs> I like to think that the pulley has got like multiple, multiple things on it. So like he's working really hard to lower him, but it's going really slow. Normal amount of breath holding, I suppose. Is the ship moving at this point? I think the ship is dragging because there's all this weed around it. What Martin shouts, he's saying, it seems to be rooting itself onto the side somehow. Can you pull it off? It's like Ivy trying to grow into the ship somehow. He's like slicing at it and you can hear him. I don't think this is going to work. I'll give you a good yank back up then, son. I'll bring some of this stuff. Pull him back up. Yeah. Really slowly. Beep, 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 beep. <laughs> Meanwhile, on the other side, presumably something similar is happening with Paul Winkle. Um, I'm going to show this crab claw. Um, Huss is going to walk little Winkle to the front of the ship. Boy, is this your first job? Yes, sir. Right. And you wanted to become a seaman since you were littler than you are now, I take it. Oh, well, no. The sea call to you is what you're saying. Oh, yes, I I guess so. No, there's no guessing, so look, lad. (laughs) And uh, Seamus uh, points out at the horizon, which is pitch black at this stage. You see that, boy? You see that over there? That. Uh... That is destiny. Reach out. Reach out and grab it, boy. I'm going to reach my hand out and try and... I mean, you can't actually grab it. That's a metaphor. But what I'm saying is, it's important that you go fully into this. Just really commit. And with that, Crabclaw's going to just heave little Winkle (laughs) over the side. (laughs) Come crashing down against the side of the ship. Yeah, also slightly too short rope. Yeah. It's like a systemic problem. Kind of bashes his head a little bit and Winkle starts to feel a little bit concussed and he sort of it sort of helps deal with the fear. Because for a, like, a good few minutes, he doesn't know where <laughs> he is. He's just kind of upside down in the dark. There's some like water splashing on his face and he's getting confused. Boy, that's the kisses of the sea. <laughs> Do you know what you've done there? You've committed. And I appreciate that in my crew. Now. Who's talking? Hello? Hello? Who is that? Oh, don't be... Who's talking right now? What you've got there is a little bit of night crazies. (laughs) I'm just going to dunk you in the sea a little bit. (laughs) (laughs) Where am I? What's happening? Right, boy. Can you see the weed? Oh, where? The green stuff on the ship? Aye, that's it, lad. Yes? Use your knife. Did you take a knife? No. Right, well, that's a lack of foreplanning by you. What you're going to have to do is chew, lad. Chew through the rope? No, lad, don't chew through the rope or you'll be a dead un. You've got to chew through the seaweed. Oh my god, I'm so scared, I don't know what's happening. Dunk it again, you go. <laughs> oh, I got some, it's in my mouth. Right, chew it. It's disgusting, it's so salty. You spit it out after you chew, you don't swallow. <coughs> it's stuck in my throat. Dunk again. <laughs> okay. I got one piece. Are we done? Right, how many are there down there? There's hundreds. Right. Thousands. Then why are you talking to me and why are you not chewing? Oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> right, Crabclaw's going to hold the rope and then he's going to turn around to Rare. How's it going over there? Well, the thing is, you see, sir, is this boy Martin down here, he's had a look at it. It's all over the bloody place. I don't think he's going to be cutting through it anytime soon. We need something else. 
Right. Got any suggestions? Oh, I've just dunked the lad again. <laughs> Sorry about that, Winkle. You okay? <laughs> I've got most of it off, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Turns out the lad's doing quite well. Maybe Martin's just not committed enough. I've got a bit Welsh myself. <laughs> oh, no, I've been chewing the same bit. There's loads here. There's crap loads. <laughs> I think that's a good place to call the scene. <laughs> so we're not meant to resolve it in that scene? No. Okay. We've got five scenes over which we resolve it. So we're also establishing the problem and the hazard and our strategy. Okay. So next up, going up the list, is Torquil. And Torquil, I think, wants to have a scene with Blake and Winkle. Isn't Winkle like... <laughs> submerged at the side of the ship or is this a different timeline well what i'm thinking is that this next scene is a bit later i think winkle's having the surgeon's attentions having tried to eat too much seaweed <laughs> yeah and it's latched onto the inside of my mouth now i think torquil carries winkle down into the surgery is it its own little space is he one side of the galley <laughs> yeah yeah absolutely galley stroke surgery best of both worlds yeah, I imagine that you've probably got the galley. Then you've got an area for husbandry and things where they keep some of the animals. I've got my barbecue in the corner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So somebody on the ship, but I mean, probably Blake actually, plays a bit of a dual role in so much as they butcher the animals. Yeah, that makes sense. And so on the other side of where they keep the animals for husbandry and stuff like that, then there's probably a bit of space there for the surgeon's quarters. Great. Which is mostly just a sturdy table and... A wall full of horrible-looking instruments. Nice. Bagpipes. Maybe a cabinet of basic medicines, but... Mandolin. Yeah. <laughs> Double bass. There's, like, some convenient drains in the floor, so, like, when you have to do an emergency amputation, it just drains out, like, the blood and the legs. Yeah. So, Torquil, he's been sent down by Crabclaw with this lad who's in a bit of a bad way. He's got seaweed clinging to the inside of his mouth, and also... He's probably concussed. Okay. Yeah, and he's cold and feeling very <laughs> sorry for himself. And so Torquil's like, I got one for you, sir. I, I'll put him on the table here. What do you reckon of him? Thank you, Torquil. I can always rely on you to bring me customers. Let's take a look at him. He feels so cold. <laughs> a bit like Tristan Wilde's heart. Winkle's eyes pick up a little bit. Huh? Much like many a heart. <laughs> Let me see what's going on here. Ah, yes. I can sense the inevitable weight of salt water has run down his face like so many before him aboard this crew. Like my tears when Tristan Wilde was so callous to me. Like your tears and like the whole of the ocean before us. Now, let me just inspect inside his mouth and see what's gone on. Yeah, I think like the seaweed has little roots that have clung round his teeth like horrifying dental floss. Yeah, and latched onto the top of his mouth. Yeah, and I imagine that it's he's managed to chew it off, but it's not particularly stopped growing into whatever it's found itself around. Yeah. So Blake is going to look back at Torquil and just sort of shake his head and say, I can save him if that's what you wish, but... <laughs> I, I think, in general, we prefer saving the crew to not saving them. If you can manage that, it looks pretty gross in there. He's not going to be the same person that he was when you brought him to me. <coughs> you understand this? <coughs> I'm not the same person I was either. Who is? Torquil? 
Am I gonna die? Ah, no, lad. He'll be absolutely fine. Everybody's going to die, Winkle. Okay. <laughs> well, am I gonna die now? Do you want to die now? I... no. Very well. Torquil. Yes, sir. I'll need you to go and rally some strong men to hold him down whilst I extract these. Let me go get my collection of hooks. <laughs> <laughs> so the next person is also Blake. So Blake, what's your scene about? Can the seaweed have been resolved? No, the seaweed is the whole challenge. And we've now established that it hooks onto the boat and it's hooking onto people who try and swallow it. And we've got three more scenes to resolve that or we fail. Yes, that's all. It's easy. Fucking hell. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so at this point, I think the ship is stuck fast. Yeah. And the seaweed has grown up all over the sides onto the deck. Nice. What? The deck is in sort of stages, as you find on those yeah. ships. So the front of that is covered. And one of the hunters, probably, was dispatched to go up and try to clear it off. And they've got stuck in it. Okay, so who's in your scene? It's going to be Weaver. Okay, I'm ready. (laughs) Although she's not the one that's stuck. She's the one that was buddied, perhaps, with the person that went and got themselves stuck. What is the name of the person who is stuck? It is... Redrick. Redrick, you fool. I think Jonathan Lockhart can make an appearance. Yeah, that's good. Crabclaw would make sense as well. Yeah, senior crew and Weaver, that's good. One day I too will be senior crew. (laughs) So? Redrick, you idiot. What are you doing hanging around there? I don't know. I was just trying to climb the rigging. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, that's the point. I'll I'll do Redrick because the rest of you are all there. It's like, oh, it's so tangly though. I hate it. We never had this problem when it was seals. Well, it's sailed quite heavily now, isn't it? Let's tear him out. I'm going to use my harpoon to try and tear him out. Are you, like, passing the end to him? No, I'm just kind of stabbing it at the things that's around him. Kind of using it as a sort of tearing action. I assume it's serrated on one side. Yep, and I guess the master and the mate are both here. So what's going on here? The problem was, I assumed we'd simply cut ourselves free and... Look, Jonathan, there was no way I could tell this was going to be the situation. I think you probably could have. Right. We've got a little bit of an infestation. Now, I've always thought about coming to sail these seas, but I've always been told that it's crazy. The the sea doesn't behave how you'd expect. The sky's filled with rocks, there's monsters, but not a single person said that seaweed would eat you. Like, we got tangled and it's just got ridiculous. Right. And now... It's so tangly! Oh, just hold still! Right, stop waving your arms, Simon, and stand still. Is it just tangling around him or is it like it's rooting into him? I just feel tangled. Okay, let's get a few crewmen in here and we're going to cut the vines and remove him from the situation. That seems easy enough. Well, my initial suggestion was to try and cut it. Unfortunately, what actually happened is it attached itself at a faster rate than we could cut. We need to put oil on it or something that it doesn't like. What did we set it alight? Master Crabclaw, it was reported back that you sent down a, an 11-year-old boy and told him to chew through the vines, and that didn't work. Is that correct? It's his first day. It's a little bit of hazing. Oh, you know, okay. everyone needs to show a bit of commitment. I didn't want the boy to get injured. <laughs> but he is an 11-year-old boy, isn't he? Yeah, no, he's a crewman. Any person on this ship is a crewman. Right, okay. They're here to work. It doesn't matter their age. Okay. Your talk of oiling these things. 
Weaver, your thoughts on this? I think perhaps that there is some kind of solution. It seems to me that Grimoire should know something about this. Interesting. This is not a natural occurrence. Something is going on. It's an unnatural sea, Weaver. Any idiot that comes round here has this kind of insane shit happen to their ship. You say that. No, we've come round here. It's, it's idiocy. This does seem like idiocy. I'm afraid that our fates are now inevitable. And maybe we should make preparations for for the end. Now that's no way to talk, Master Weaver. That's not Master Weaver. (laughs) I'm not Weaver. I'm Grimoire. I am Weaver. I don't know who is who yet. I mean, I did give everyone out name badges specifically for you, sir. If you just look at everyone's chest. Don't be looking at my chest. I keep treasure in it. <laughs> Just going to shake his head. Master Surgeon. Yes, sir. Master Surgeon, would it be possible to take a cutting of the kelp or whatever this is, hmm. see if you can find some concoction that repels it, and then we could pour that over the sides. I mean, maybe not over the sides. It's going to get diluted <laughs> in the sea. Hmm. I mean, down the sides of the ship, Master Claw, so that it will react with the roots and perhaps weaken them. I'll be honest, I've never seen living kelp like this before. All kelp is living. Well, I've seen living kelp, certainly. Carnivorous kelp, maybe, would be the word you're looking for. Yes. I've got my arm free! Yeah, all right. Shut up for a second, we're talking. Indeed, sir. We could take a cutting and I will test it to death. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. You two there, I'm going to point to two people. Yeah. Which is, I wanted to choose two of the hawks, but yeah, now they're (laughs) incidental. I'm going to choose Banbury and Percy who have just been walking past. I'm like, <laughs> cut that man free and then just turn away. I'm already cutting that man free, but no one ever notices. Okay, so I think that's a reasonable place to call the scene. That seems like we have a plan. We have Jonathan Lockhart and Weaver Cambrick scenes. Who's in your scene and where does it take place? Stu? So I think it would be good to follow up down in the belly of the ship in, uh, um, what's his name? Grimoire. Yeah, he's got all these plants laid out and he's testing them against different bits of wood that he's found and iodine squeezed on one and tried some alcohol on the other to see if he can find anything to repel the plants. You could maybe have the cook there as well, Etoy Yan. Yep. All right, let's see what we can cook up. I didn't realise that Etoy Yan was actually a celebrity chef that has her own cooking program. <laughs> Tim Ray, what are we going to do in this situation? We're just going to throw in the kale. Throw in a little bit of the old avocado and um, just throw it on the barbie. <laughs> Over to you, Blake. Okay, so... Hold on. What does Uno Rump do? Uh, she is just a very hard-working member of the crew. Oh, he's not really going to be in this seat. She. Maybe he's just kind of she. accidentally wandered in. Well, she. He's actually just... She. He's the one. She. Oh, for goodness sake. I said he's the one. It she. could be a she. <laughs> no, no, that's literally the one thing you've excluded. <laughs> right. Well, she's going to be basically hoofing the jars around then. Okay, Because cool. we need someone with a bit of, like, muscle to move things to and fro. So you're in this dark laboratory with samples of seaweed cut mm-hmm. and various things. And uh, what happens? It's funny, sir. Something that literally leeches the life out of anything it touches is somehow so beautiful. Now, I have tested these different liquids upon it. And this iodine here is able to repel it to a certain extent. Why well, say I had a little balsamic vinegar with it? Well, that was going to be my next question. I don't have anywhere near enough the amount of iodine to fortify the ship against it. It needs some kind of vector that it can be mixed into. Uh, you say balsamic 
vinegar. Balsamic vinegar should really bring out the uh, flavor in it, really help it to uh, marinate. Do we have a lot of that? <laughs> yes, will this affect our stores is my concern. Well, we're just going to have to do with sort of basic salad dressing for the next six weeks, but it's that or we are dressed in salad. Mm, less than ideal, but probably better than our failing the mission within one week. <laughs> I can put some together with um, oil, perhaps a little salt and vinegar, maybe pepper. Lemons. Include lemons in there, I think. Oh, lemons. Mm. Yeah, so I think we can do without balsamic for at least a few weeks. Okay. So, we suggest pouring this over the side or dousing the leaves that are attached. I'd like to brush it on a little bit more delicately. Yep. That's a good idea, yes. Yeah. So we could perhaps mix it into buckets and just coat the ship with brushes. And we do have a lot of mops. Hmm. You the deckhand, uh, the, the lady. Uno. Uh, yes, sir? How many buckets do we have on board, do you remember? Uh, from memory, I have no idea, sir. I, I've never done an inventory. We have 12 buckets. That was a test. Please <laughs> pay attention to the amount of... I, I'm so sorry, sir. I'm so sorry. I, I, I didn't realise there was going to be a test. That's okay. It's always good as a crewman to brush up on what's about the ship. Well, there's quite a lot of kelp at the moment, sir. Is How many kelp would you say? Uh, how many? Just a ballpoint figure. <laughs> I don't know why my character's gone from being a caring man to a dick, but... Uh, I, I believe you're very sexist, sir. <laughs> no, but I treat everyone like a dick, apparently. <laughs> okay, so I think that's kind of like a scene, isn't it? We've got a solution. We've got to marinate more in the solution. So the last scene of this challenge is Weaver Cambric. Right, I'm ready. So, where are you and what are you doing? I guess I am with everyone else, painting and marinating the kelp as it tries to attack the ship. Okay, who are your immediate neighbours in this work? I would be getting help from Crabclaw. Yep. I suspect that Uno Rump... Oh no, that's both Mag. One of Mag's characters is easier. I can do both! Yeah, that's absolutely fine! <laughs> I suspect that Winkle and Torquil has been roped into this. Rao would probably be helping too. Basically, it's all the deckhands. Okay. Maybe instead of crab claw, it's actually Uno Rump. Yeah, this is the handy thing. It's also, this is Weaver's opportunity to be just part of the crew, isn't it? Yes, of course. Every one of you is a valued colleague. Good day, valued colleagues. This is good. All our deckhands are out pasting this stuff on the leaves. And let's start from there. Weaver, you're seen. Did you try drinking any of this, Winkle? Uh, I thought maybe you should drink some, see if it sorts out your throat a little. Um, if you think I should, I don't really know any better. Do it, do it, Down do in one, it. down in one. Okay. I'm not sure it'd be wise. I don't want to be carrying you back down to Grimoire. He's a little bit dour. Look, Winkle, when someone on the ship tells you to drink something, you drink it. It's known as the rule of Grog. Well, there is the rule of Grog. He's gonna knock it back. How does it taste, Ben? <laughs> um, Finigui? It tastes... Very vinegary, but with that burning overtone of iodine. <laughs> mm. Especially given that I've recently had open surgery in my mouth. Yeah, like the points where those teeth used to be, it really burns. Yeah. In fact, you probably can't swallow it. You probably just chuck it everywhere. Yeah. I think he spits over the deck and then just starts screaming in terrified pain. <laughs> That's what it is to have commitment, lad. Oh, it doesn't help at all. Good on you. Crabclaw's going to slap him on the back with his crabclaw. You're a strong young man. Would you look at that, how quickly that stuff where he spat it is dying back. That's some great work. Anyway, drink some more, spit more over the side. Come on. 
The bile in your throat is clearly helping. <laughs> Tears are just streaming down his face now. Get to it, boy. Why can't we just pour it on? Well, we could just pour it on, you know, but... Why couldn't you just add a knife? Thor thought. Very important lesson, lad. <laughs> well done, sir. You make him a man yet. And that might be the scene, unless anyone has anything they want to add to it. Just more tears. <laughs> just more tears. That actually played out quite well, I'm impressed. Yeah. It did, but I did just realise Crabclaw wasn't meant to be there in that last scene. Um, so, my, my bad, sorry, Aaron. <laughs> <laughs> it worked fine. We needed it for bullying purposes. I feel like you're getting something out of your system there, Mag. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I don't know what it is. You'll notice my small child is infinitely more terrified than Bambury of the world. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so at the end of the challenge, what happens? After every player has made one scene for the challenge, we see if the fellowship succeeded or failed. We draw stones to determine the outcome and then the results. Now, this is a bit that we're going to use roll 24. So we start with no stones in the pool. We add one white and one red. If your main character is unhappy about the path the fellowship has taken, hold one red stone. If your main character wants the quest to fail, hold two red stones. Otherwise, hold no stones. So type, but don't say, the number of stones in the chat box and roll 20. And then we hit enter at the same time. So you don't see what everyone does. Every player takes one white and one red. As a player, do you think the fellowship did what was necessary to succeed at the challenge? Hold white if yes, red if no. So write W or R and then hit enter. We put the stones in the cup and basically we have three red and four white. So it's a D7. If it's one to three, then it's a fail. Oh. <laughs> okay, that's a one. And now it's a D6. If it's one or two, the second roll is a failure. Oh, God. Oh, Benjamin. <laughs> Stop still rolling. <laughs> okay, so here's the outcome. Red, red. A character betrays or is betrayed by the fellowship and is lost. <gasps> what? And lose the challenge. I think it's pretty clear who's been betrayed by the fellowship. <laughs> yeah, poor Winkle. <laughs> so, describe the outcome of your challenge and match the results of your draw. Do we feed him to the kelp god and that's like what makes it happy? Kelp for the kelp god. What happens when you swallow a shitload of iodine? I mean... <laughs> Yeah, so Paul Winkle, basically, he is lost. He was so much fun! Oh, unbelievable! <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Stu. The player losing the character has the final say over what happened to them. Okay, what are the suggestions? Appeasing the kelp god. Maybe Winkle is just poisoned by the stuff he drank. Like, iodine is toxic! Either that, or he's so intoxicated that one of the pieces of kelp gets wrapped around his ankle... And as the ship pulls away, he's just left behind and drowns. Yeah, the ship does drag away, but you've lost Winkle and also you failed the challenge. So that is going to have a knock-on effect next time. But that said, how can we fail the challenge and pull away, though? You got out, but you didn't get out successfully. It wasn't like a victory. It was more like a defeat that you survived. Hmm. Hence, we lost Winkle, I guess. So you lost Winkle, so the cost of the defeat is you've lost or betrayed a character. 
I imagine there's quite a lot of the ship has been torn away by the roots that are embedded in the boards. Yeah. Yeah. So that was a really good challenge. Wow, you guys are brutal. The only other child we've had, and you three killed him. (laughs) And Bambury thinks he has it tough. (laughs) It is not murder. It was the sea. It was fate. In fairness, there was absolutely no way that I knew that chewing through the kelp would be that bad for him. And there's no way that we knew that drinking the stuff that was killing the kelp... (laughs) Well, we could have guessed that. I don't know, there were some significant hints as to why drinking iodine, uh, which was completely unnecessary, by the way. (laughs) Also, you know that iodine comes from kelp, right? (laughs) Yeah, it does actually, doesn't it? Does it? Yeah. (laughs) So I was really confused. We've just killed kelp with kelp. We're taking the Trump approach, you know, get rid of guns with guns. (laughs) (laughs) it's an ionic imbalance that's what's happening we just glued more kelp onto the side to try and get us out (laughs) but yeah wow that was that played out well but also ended really brutally i think winkle shouts out don't go on without me but all they're going to hear is go on without me (laughs) (laughs) talk god's like the crab claw no no that's commitment (laughs) he was a good lad and yet even the best can just be left sometimes. <laughs> it's the way of the sea. It's a cruel mistress. And when we turned round that ear of the cat, we knew something like this could happen. Such a brave, brave boy. <laughs> and everyone's just waving. It's gone. You're too far gone, Winkle. It is just the way things go. <laughs> I'd like to think as we're sailing away, Crabclaw stood next to Rare, and he just wipes away a single tear that's dropping down his face with his crab claw. He died, but at least he died a seaman. Yeah. <laughs> I like to think they're all sailing away on the end of the ship, watching Winkle just holding on to a single piece of wood. <laughs> Come back! Please don't leave me! Please! So, Ali. Well, I can't really hear any of you because you all sound like Daft Punk. And now you've all stopped. That's because it's your go. Stop listening to music while you record. <laughs> Stu is the only one who makes any sense. Everyone else is like, wow, yeah, yeah. Excellent. Uh, maybe exit the call and rejoin it. Goodness knows I'm not rereading that intro. That accent's done. Ali, I wonder. If I sing along with you. Try stopping recording. And fucking off. (laughs) (laughs) See if you've got an app that's trying to sync all of Google Drive. Okay, was it Titanic.exe? It was my Titanic joke. It was a hilarious Titanic joke. Try um, stopping mining Bitcoin for a couple of hours. (laughs) When I'm mining Bitcoin. He calls over to Chris. Tristan. (laughs) Tristan. (laughs) He calls over to Kristen, who's a new character we're introducing. Okay, so, Ali, who are you playing? (laughs) Oh, she's gone. Ali has just dropped out of the conversation again. God damn it. He sounded very electronic to me as well, actually. Yep, sounds terrible. Oh, typical. Fine, I'll do the drop and jump. The old drop and jump. Guys, this is the first time we've been recording. Without Ben, we can get away (laughs) with murder now. 
Uh, we're in Malahim. It all went smoothly. Oh, shit. He's back. <laughs> Good news, Ben. We're in Malahim. Grats. So, those are our characters. Yeah, Gwyn didn't get one. <laughs> Gwyn's not in. Yeah, he okay. didn't do yours either. Yeah, you're, we're missing a few. <laughs> yeah, all right, all right. I forget about the fact that I'm a player in this game. <laughs> I can't drink while this is going on. It's too dangerous. Winkle. Uh, I was unaware I was in this scene. I was AFK. <laughs> um. <laughs>